0: Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes at soothing decibels. I am your host, Maxwell Lewis Sanders, and this is episode 100. For those new listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture, a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like Jesse Ventura's biceps, John David Washington's suit selections, and Diane Lane's universal appeal, no quote too minor, no side plot too small is a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks, so welcome all weary travelers, your boredom ends here. Before we delve into the topic at hand, let's start with five minutes of Seinfeld-level daily observation. So, welcome back everybody. It's been at least two months since I've done this, if not more. I can't even, can't even recall the last one. I think it's because I was on the 99th and I wanted to do like a big episode for the 100th, even though there's like six listeners out there, but I don't know, something about the number 100, it feels important, it feels symbolic, And I started this other podcast with my friend Mo Shapiro. Shout out, Mo. And it's called Buzz in the Tower. And it's like, it's pretty professional, actually. Like, this is just me talking to a microphone to like six people that are friends of mine. This one, actually, I think it's number 48 on TV review, on film review podcasts on, you know, all the podcast charts. So it's like legit, we're really doing it like professionally. I'm social media marketing daily. I'm just talking to everybody online. I'm making TikTok content, which I never thought I'd say or do, but here I am, mid-30s, doing TikTok videos for everyone's general amusement. And that's taken a lot of time. And I've been just watching 80s movies because it's an 80s movie podcast, hence the name Buzz in the Tower. Shout out Top Gun. But I just, for some reason, this podcast, even though I love it, kind of fell through the cracks. And now I need to get back on it because it's just, it's just fun. It's just a nice expression of myself. Like when I'm with Mo on buzz in the tower, you know, I'm slowly getting more acclimated and more comfortable in a person to person setting, but I'm kind of the sidekick, you know, I'm a Scotty Pippen to a Michael Jordan kind of thing. And I like it, but at the same time, I want to hear my own voice in kind of an alpha way too, and be able to express myself and to carry a conversation and not just kind of chime in with laughter, or like quips and all. So this is a nice, this is a nice break. It's good practice. You know, sometimes I got to steer the bus. Mo can't always still steer the bus. So here I am steering solo. This isn't, this isn't speed though. We can go below 50 miles an hour. We won't explode. Although maybe we will. I mean, if I started slowing down and talking really slowly, this, this podcast might explode. My laptop might just blow up, but <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going. So, I mean, this is all back to, I have to, this is like riding a bike. It's like, you know how they say it's, like riding a bike, and it should be something you pick right back up. That's not true. You get you get wobbly, you get a little bit fearful. It's not you don't pick it right back up. You get familiar with it quicker, but it's not instant. Okay, so lay off. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better as I as I go. Because right now, all my edit my head is filled with is 80s stuff. Because I watch like one to three 80s movies a day. I'm watching Superman 2 right now, and yesterday I watched Mad Max Thunderdome. And God, what else did I watch? Uh, Body Heat. I mean, I'm just ripping through these 80s movies. And so I, had, I watched 238 of them in the past four months. So you can do the math. That's like at least two or three a day. It's just gross. <laughs> it's just a lot of movie watching. But it's really fun. And I, I kind of have a bird's eye view right now, you know, 20,000 feet up in the air of what makes the 80s so great why it's so fun, why people are so nostalgic and just in love with the era. Because it's really cool. On social media, I'll just randomly text people. I'll be like, hey, what are your favorite 80s movies? And it's like you ask them what the mean to life is. They're like, oh man, I need to really think about this. Let me get my categories. Like, here's my sci-fi. Here's my rom-com. These are the definitional movies. Let's do John Hughes in his own category. Like, people get intense and like, they're just passionate about it. And so what makes this... this this connection with us, like why the, the '90s doesn't feel like we're connected in the same way, the '2000s doesn't feel like we're connected in the same way. Like, why is everyone so attached to the '80s? So I just wanted to talk today about what makes the '80s so great because it's on my brain. It's what I've been studying about. I'm now black belt in '80s uh, karate. Oh, fun fact: the karate that Danielson learns in the Karate Kid, Wai Ru. That's the kind of karate I learned in you know middle school and elementary school, although. I've lost every fight I've ever been in, and I'm not a fighter in the slightest. So maybe not the best kind of karate to teach your kids for self-defense. But so 80s. So what makes it so just awesome, gnarly, rad, excellent? These are the terms that I'm learning that are the big terms of the time. If you say something's not cool, it's gag me with a spoon, stuff like that. I think you got to start with the -the over-the-top action and just kind of that in the sci-fi genre, like the Arnold movies, the Sly Stallone movies, like the... Predator, which I've been on record as saying is probably, is my favorite 80s movie, without a doubt. It's just such, you know, manly, muscular dudes with machine guns in the jungle fighting a giant, gnarly monster that's gross but also has high technology, which is kind of rare. And I love that the monster was going to be this little duck-looking, weird, kind of smaller alien with Jean-Claude Van Damme kickboxing around in it. And then they went to Stan Winston the prop king and said, like, we need a better suit. And they created the Predator and put Sunflat 2 Michael Peter Hall in it. Or Kevin Peter Hall, sorry. <laughs> I can't believe I got that wrong. I, I love Kevin Peter Hall. He was also Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. But I'm talking too much about Predator, but I love it. Just the Arnold movies, the Predator, the Terminator, Red Heat, Conan, just these masculine, you know, don't need that great a storyline, just, you know, killing and just detrimental future and also like historically brutal past just i mean just watching arnold on screen is just in the 80s It's just a joy and sylvester stallone is pretty much on par i've tried to debate who i like more during the time sylvester stallone or arnold i think arnold's funnier so that's why it works like sly if you watch cobra he tries to do his like you know one-liners and all it just doesn't really work as well Tang on cash is great but again he's not that's funny. He's just great and rocky and Rambo when he's just playing one speed, you know, just intense and, you know, kill or be killed kind of vibes. But I, I love him just the same. And uh, to a lesser scale, Chuck Norris, Delta Force, you know, you got the motorcycle with the <laughs> grenade launcher, which is insane. So you just mesh those all together in this kind of, it's this new action movie where the action star just this larger than large life, one man killing crew. It just felt unique to the time. And people still, I mean, Everyone loves Commando and all these other movies. Just lots of guns, lots of body counts. Just don't take yourself too seriously. You're watching a movie. I think that's the general vibe of the 80s is, hey, it's okay, you're watching a movie. This doesn't need to be realistic. Like, just go with it. It's not now, like now. It's like, why isn't that realistic? It's like, well, it's a, it's a movie, dude. Just, <laughs> just relax Just enjoy yourself. Just put your feet up and eat some popcorn. And in that vein, another movie that, this is the movie that defined the era for most people, Back to the Future. Just props to Back to the Future, because 36 years later, it's still everyone's favorite movie from that era. I think it's the time machine of it all, just the little details. I think it's a chord too, because it had the 50s vibe in it, too, because, you know, Marty Travels Back, and it had the 80s vibe as well. So it's like you got two different generations loving it in the same way. And I, I don't know, just... I think it was the first time time travel was really fun And a little bit dangerous. It's actually a little bit more profane lighting than you would remember from Back to the Future movies. And I don't know, just everyone loves it, and I don't think I've heard a single bad word about it. And you know, there's conventions, there's Instagram sites dedicated to it, and it's just, I don't know, just God, I'm trying to think of the re. It's hard to like pinpoint the reason why it's so epic because it's a strange story. It's <laughs> uh, an older scientist and kind of a slacker in high school you steal petroleum from uh, petroleum uh, plutonium from terrorists and go back in time and Marty's mother wants to hook up with him and he has to switch things back so that he can actually exist it's bizarre I don't know how they pitched it in Hollywood but somehow it works and I guess in Hollywood some of the weirdest ideas end up being the most epic so props back to the future and definitely when you're talking 80s it's impossible not to talk back to the future And also, if you want to abbreviate when you're talking to people on text, B-T-T-F is like the universal known Back to the Future slang. And also we got Savage Steve Holland movies, which I love. Better Off Dead, One Crazy Summer, John Cusack Vehicles. They're just goofy satire, making fun of teen comedies. And they're just way over the top, super silly. Like in Better Off Dead, one of the main villains is like a nine-year-old Johnny Gasparelli who's a paper boy who wants his two dollars for the papers and he's frantically chasing the family around. Booger from, (laughs) from, uh, God, from Revenge of the Nerds is in both movies. Just, I think he's like the high school friend in everything. He's Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. He's in Better Off Dead, One Crazy Summer, and he's also Tom Cruise's or Joel Goodson's, uh, main friend in Risky Business. I think that's just what he's destined to do. And fun fact, he's on American Dad, the cartoon show, he's Steve's best friend, Snot. So, Snot, Booger, you know, nice nod. He's got a great voice too. But I just love that, I mean, everyone loves the Savage Sheet of Holland movies too. It's everyone's underrated pick. So I definitely noticed that too. And then you got John Hughes. I mean, John Hughes, voice of the generation. It's not even close. He made high school kids kind of self-aware, important, smart, funny, having real problems. I mean, you got everything from The Breakfast Club to Sixteen Candles to Uncle Buck, Pretty in Pink, Some Kind of Wonderful, which is kind of underrated. And also forget, you forget that he wrote Mr. Mom and he wrote the Vacation movies. So he's just all time. And my favorite movie of his, unquestionably, is Ferris. Ferris Bueller. Because it's a unique movie because Ferris doesn't have any problems. Usually your main hero in a movie has some kind of problem. Ferris is going to be fine the whole time. It's more of a Character study and how Cameron's dealing with life, but you have this kind of perfectly cool, can deal with everybody, can deal with any problems kind of guy in Ferris, and I think that's unique to a movie that you just make someone so kind of Teflon. And oh my God, the Ferrari, the 1962 Spider Ferrari, just—I mean, it's just iconic. And that song, "Day, Bow, Bow," chica, chica, chica. I can't really—I can't sing at all. I, I'm tone deaf, but you get the point. Ferris is awesome. John Hughes, I mean, his his 80s is the best 80s of anybody. If you if you ask me who I could be in the 80s, I'd want to be John Hughes. He's just, and he like worked from Chicago where he liked to live. He didn't move to LA. He was just like, no, nah, I'm going to be here. And they're like, okay, keep turning out movies. That's cool. I guess he wrote like Weird Science in two or three days. And he wrote Ferris in like a week. I mean, that's so prolific. I mean, I don't know how he does stuff like that. And it's, his movies are dialogue heavy. It's not like a lot happens, happens. It's more just the interplay and interaction between the characters. So I wonder what kind of dude he was in high school. Like he was, I feel like he was a little bit Pharisee in that he moved between groups because he knew how to write women. He knew how to write punks. He knew how to write you know the synth kids. He knew how to write nerds. But I also feel like there's some weird science to him too because uh, Anthony Michael Hall is kind of his, you know, his muse and is the guy he uses the most. So I think he relates most of the nerds. So, I mean, John Hughes is great. I mean, so it's awesome. I just read this book, Ready Player Two, which is like an 80s kind of homage, but in the future. And there's this virtual reality game called the Oasis. And they have a planet called like Shermer High School, the planet, basically. So it's an all John Hughes planet. And they spent like three hours. I mean, they spent like three days there. It's fantastic, three hours. (laughs) But uh, anyways, yeah, John Hughes rules. So yeah, okay. I'm getting my sea legs back a little bit. I feel, I feel back. To podcasting now and you should probably not say that in the middle of your flow and it's going to interrupt things but anyways Ghostbusters super fun sci-fi Bill Murray Dan Aykroyd really I mean really good effects too actually I'm kind of surprised a lot of the effects effects in the 80s were kind of gnarly like Flash Gordon it's corny but it's fun it's like good set pieces and Ghostbusters you know Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and the uh, proton packs and all it's it holds up I'm like I still get kind of blown away by how the effects are or i mean the delorean and back to the future when you know the flame marks it looks decent it looks like it could have been made into like a bad 2008 movie so props to them and then you got the kind of economic boost movies of the kind of reaganomics era the cocktail the secret to my success working girl wall street just these capitalist vibes and it's interesting they've done psychological studies that in the 80s it was the first generation where it wasn't just I want to do better than my parents like you know my parents graduated from high school so I'll graduate from college now my parents graduated from college I'll graduate from grad school like that kind of even kind of churning generational progression in the 80s, it was like, let's get rich quick, let's make the pet rock, let's make the Rubik's Cube, let's we can churn out and mass produce things in plastic or you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle plastic dolls. There was a million ways to get rich, and you know, Wall Street kind of got glamorized with Gordon Gecko. even though, fun fact, Oliver Stone didn't want him to be a hero, he wanted him to be a villain, and now he's like, you know, every stock trader, day traders, you know. Uh, biggest dream and fantasy is b gordon gecko but that's not how he was supposed to be but that's how people interpreted him and also michael douglas couldn't read the dialogue fast enough because he was smoking 40 cigarettes a day marlboro reds so he had to like get a voice trainer and practice and like dial down the smoking so that he could get through oliver stone's rapid fire dialogue but like i said cocktail flanagan is just trying to you know make a million dollars however he can he's reading all those get rich quick books Michael J. Fox and Secret to My Success. It's just, he's trying to jump the corporate ladder. That movie's ridiculous. (laughs) I do not like that movie. Mo made me watch it. I was not a fan. Working Girl, which is basically saying middle management at a big company is the dream life, which is not how life is. You know I mean? Like once she gets the job, Melanie Griffin, it's not going to be, you know, sunshine and rainbows. So, but it's that idea of capitalism and trickle down and you know you can you can do it too and you can make it in america so that's the kind of that that's the 80s vibe that like you can do it too let's make some money let's be you know part of the part of the cogs of the machines and for humor you got eddie murphy i love beverly hills cop golden child trading places he's so funny that laugh i can't do it but he's so charming and so improvisational the whole time it seems like i mean it seems like in Beverly Hills Cop, I don't think anything was written. He seems like he's just ripping off the top of his head. Golden Child, underrated, is too. It's kind of like Big Trouble, Little China, and that kind of adventure, uh, like Asian mystics kind of vibe. Big Trouble, in Little China, too. Oh, my God, John Carpenter in the 80s. They Live. You got Escape from New York, The Thing. I still have not watch The Thing because it's too creepy. I know what happens, and I know Kurt Russell has a beard, and I know they're in Antarctica, but I'm, I'm not going to watch it until the very last minute I have to because the special effects look creepy. And it's just like, I don't know, I don't need that. Like, I don't need to dream that that's under my bed. And yeah, you know, I'm a 35 year old man who's freaked out about a 1982 horror movie, but that is life. So let's go to, let's go to happier places. You got Chevy Chase, who it's so funny. It's like, he's been such a jerk and such, so hard to work with and so curmudgeoning over the years that I didn't really know his eighties work. And he's handsome, he's snarky, he's sarcastic. He's just this big scrapping dude who's just bitingly sarcastic in movies like Fletch and Caddyshack. Ty Webb is maybe the coolest character ever. Uh, Spies Like Us, he's still in that role. And then he moves kind of to the dad humor in Vacation, but he's still kind of cool. And I mean, the Vacation movies, I was about how Back to the Future is a defining movie. For Christmas movies, National Lampoon's is a Christmas Vacation. That's like everybody's favorite. Everyone flips. That and a Christmas Story, but A Christmas Story is not as fun. And then you got Bill Murray kind of in the same Chevy kind of stratosphere with Caddyshack, Scrooge, Stripes, and uh, Ghostbusters. And Stripes, when he leaves the taxi cab on the middle of the highway and just walks out and throws the keys, and he's just like, I'm done with life. That's just how, that's how I picture Bill Murray. He just doesn't care. He's always playing himself. And God bless him. He's just fun. And then you had kind of the horror family movies like Gremlins, you know, Gizmo, super cute. Really kind of fun Like I've never seen a combination of family fun and horror like that. It's very unique. And originally, they wanted to make the gremlins uh, as monkeys with, um, with masks on, but they tried it and the monkeys went nuts, obviously, so they didn't do that. I just thought that was a fun fact. Real Genius is my favorite movie of the 80s. I just love smart, snarky, nerd Val Kilmer that just speaks to me on just so many levels. And... I don't know, just something about montages, about kids studying and just the pressures of a high level school and lasers and popcorn and tears or fears playing at the end. Just gets me every time. And obviously Top Gun. (laughs) I mean, Tom Cruise being in a fighter jet, driving motorcycles, battling Russians. You don't get much more 80s than that. That movie, I guess it cost them $35 million to make, but they got a $400 million stipend from the Air Force. Because the Air Force uses a recruitment tool and it worked. Like their incru- recruitment went up like gangbusters, gangbusters the next year. So that's that's why that movie looks so epic because they actually got to use all like the real stuff. And the sports movies at the time were really fun too. You got Bull Durham, the natural vision quest. I love Vision Quest, just fun wrestling, feel-good movie about a high school wrestler who's trying to drop weight to take someone else on. And I don't know, Matthew you don't Modine plays this character Loudon, Who's just kind of uniquely, he's almost he's as Ferris as I've he's Ferris adjacent, Ferris Bueller. And that's rare that someone's kind of like that cool and that aware of themselves. So that was just a fun movie. Obviously, the Rockies, three and four, the montages always get me. Drago is one of the best villains ever. Teen Wolf, who doesn't love Scott Howard. And so yeah, that's pretty much the air. Oh, and also, I mean. There's Airplane and Top Secret and all those kind of make fun, silly movies. I love those a lot. And then you have the Tim Burton, Pee-wee, Beetlejuice, Batman, kind of the dark. Oh, and also Heather's kind of like the black kind of emo, kind of dark comedy kind of vibes. I love Pee-wee. It's actually really funny. And Beetlejuice, Michael Keaton, he's only on screen for 14 minutes. He's just so funny. And the original Batman actually feels a little long and sluggish, but I get the appeal. I mean, Jack Nicholson is is freaking fantastic. Wow. I almost swore. I haven't swore on a podcast in a long time. So I'm glad. Sorry, mom, that I almost did. (laughs) I apologize. So when you put it all together, what do you get? You just have all these kind of creative, high-minded, wild-colored, spastic, off the wall. These aren't very muted movies, you know. They're loud. They're in your face. They're like, we're a movie. I mean, there were movies like Mannequin, where it's like, hey, let's make Kim Cattrall be a mannequin that comes to life and falls in love with a guy. So, it was just a wild time for ideas and just, just a expressive, fun time. And people weren't making. In the '90s, we kind of made fun of you if you cared or tried. In the '80s, like, try anything. Stick to a wall. Here's a couple million dollars. Make a movie. And I think that's what I love about it. And I didn't really plat this out very much because I just wanted to get back on the horse. I think it turned out pretty good. And my voice is going higher. So maybe not. But <laughs> it's just fun to talk 80s. And I've talked on such unique, fresh topics with uh the Buzz in the Tower stuff. Definitely listen to Buzz in the Tower by the way. It's on Spotify, Apple uh podcast, B U Z Z N the Tower. And I just have kind of a newfound review or like reinvigorated kind of look on the 80s. So now I express it to you and maybe you'll go home and watch an 80s movie, watch RoboCop, watch Dead or Alive, you're coming with me, sorry. Watch Young Guns or something like that. So this is a rambling ending and I'm gonna end it right now. So, So goodbye, later.